Welcome back, guys. You're here with Encounter with God on Faith FM, and we were in the middle of a very deep conversation there, organising our meetings for the week. And uh, we are back, back here, back at it again. And Mon yes. has our uh, clue for the quiz. Clue the quiz. Okay, okay. But nobody's got yet. <laughs> Get ready to call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. And I think you can snap this one up real fast. I mean, it's uh, not... What, what's, it's the, not what's, the, what's the prize? Do we have picked out a prize? We haven't picked out a prize. Oh, okay. Um, but it, it, it's... Uh, I wouldn't say this was a, like the most popular book in the Bible by a long means. It might be a little bit more of an obscure book, a sort okay, of so medium through it. Let's run, let's run through it. The first one was about a God quote: God knows how to rescue godly men from trials and yes. how to hold the righteous, unrighteous for the day of judgment. The second one was mm-hmm. the author says that some of Paul's writings are hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And another one was a quote, the prophecy... Wait, did I say that one? Oh, no, this, we haven't done this one yet because okay, okay. we had David's Dorget come on. And, that's true, that's true, and, that's true. And uh, we didn't true. get to our quiz. quiz. Okay, so the next one is a quote. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The holy men of God spake as mm. they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Verse, Whereabouts defined Which book? that verse? Now, give us a call if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Okay, so Mon, what have we got? Uh, oh, we're in Encounter with God today. Yes. Yeah, so what are you asking me what I've got? It's Encounter with God. I'm, I'm just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about a pre-recorded show that needs to take place and I'm thinking about all of the different segments that need to come in. I'm getting more of my segments mixed up in my mind. and uh, It's all good, no. La, we know, we, we know you're getting old. No, ah, <laughs> that was low. Now nah, you're just a spring chucking. Of course I'm a spring chicken. What are you talking chicken. about? Okay. Full of life and vim and vigor. You could be this. a granddad very soon though. I could be. You're of granddaddy age. There's well, this, your, your kids this, are of the age where they could make there's you a this, There's this thing there where it actually takes two people to make children. And, and both your sons are single. That's right. But I'm just saying. I was just putting it out there on the radio. If there are any young ladies out there, <laughs> we want grandchildren. <laughs> I'm 46. I'm due for grandchildren. I mean, come on. Get it together. It's, it's true. Both your sons are of the age where they could marry and produce you some grandkids. Yes. Yeah. Don't even get my parents on the radio. It has been for a little while. I think <laughs> yeah. Harley's past the age of where I had children. So. Oh yeah, that's true. How old were you when you had sons? I was, oh, I just turned, no, I was twenty three. Twenty three, and your wife was twenty two. Twenty two. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So it's, it's about it's about. So it's twenty one, twenty two, and we got married twenty three, twenty two, twenty three when we had. Kids. And your youngest is twenty one, and your oldest son is now twenty three. So they're really yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I, it is. It is time. time. It's, it's time. Like, get it together, boys. Are you listening? All right, so if you're in the in the in the in the twenty say nineteen to twenty three age bracket somewhere in there, and you you're are single, single and you love the Lord and you love the Lord, uh, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. If you'd like to have Lyle as a father-in-law, this see this is what this is what the desperation for grandchildren does to you. It turns people it, it turns people into these people who take advantage of their radio time to promote. <laughs> their cause of greeting grandkids. I don't, I don't. I don't know if I can blame you because I'm pretty sure if my parents got on the radio, there would be like an hour long telethon. Find Mona husband so we can get some <laughs> grandkids happening. <laughs> so if you are a, a single no, man, no, Lyle, stop. <laughs> in the uh, we advertise uh, my brother loves, because loves my brother Lord. is older than me, so it's only fair that he produces the kids first. Grandkids first. Yeah. <laughs> I have the luxury of being the youngest. <laughs> uh, we should start a dating service. Faith. <laughs> Match. <laughs> faith match. There you go, faith match. Faith match. Oh, goodness me. We are so going to get fired. We are so going to get fired. Okay, okay. 20 million moving. We are in our oneness in Christ Bible study. We were talking about Cornelius yesterday. We 
were talking about how yes. Cornelius had an angel who came to visit him from heaven. And then I cut you uh, off. To tell him the truth. And before the, um, yes, that's true, that did happen. Uh, but then uh, the angel didn't tell him the truth. The angel said, he said, go and get Peter and he will tell you the message. He will tell you the gospel. And so uh, we were talking about why Peter. Peter being the bumbling, big-mouthed, um, Short-tempered, who, yeah. Whoever mm-hmm. seemed, but was constantly opening his mouth and putting both feet in it yeah, at the same yeah. time, and uh, yeah, so that was Peter. And it's like, well, why go get Peter? I mean, this guy, um, he's just trouble. But then we found out, or well, one of the things we looked at was that you know when Peter shares the gospel, he can share, and this is what we were getting to. He can share an experience. That's true. That an angel can never share. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He can share a testimony of the transforming power of God's grace. Yeah. Something that an angel has never experienced. It's like that song, like, what's that hymn? Um, uh, when, but when we tell redemption's story, angels fold their wings. Because for angels can never tell the joy that our salvation brings. That's right. Because they've never seen, they've never experienced what it means to be redeemed, to be rescued, to be saved. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like humans do. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so this is a... Um, <coughs> Uh, this is this is the reason why you know he, he, we were talking about yesterday how it was good for Peter, mm-hmm. but it's also good for Cornelius. It's true. And so sharing our faith, sharing our, sharing the sharing the gospel message is something that God calls all of us to do. It's a part of our Christian experience. And if you mm-hmm. are dying spiritually, or if you are dead spiritually, then most likely what it is the missing component is sharing the gospel with others. It's a little bit like you know, our, our physical life is a really good illustration of this. Mm-hmm. You know, because to have spiritual life, you need to read your Bible and you need to pray. And in your physical life, you know, you need to take in that spiritual food. Um, in, your, in your physical life, you need to take in physical food. In your spiritual life, you need to take in spiritual food. Now, if all you ever do is take in food and never exercise, what happens? Uh, you get very fat. And then? You die. Yeah. You get a heart. You have a heart attack and die. Mm-hmm. Your heart just gives out, and it's exactly the same in your spiritual life. If you, all you ever do is take in spiritual food, and sometimes I come to pe- come across people like, yeah, you know, I don't go to that church anymore. I go to another church because I wasn't being fed in that church, mm. or I float between churches and I go where I go where I'm going to be fed. Mm-hmm. You go to church for the wrong reason. That's not why you go to church. You don't go to church to be fed. Fed is a byproduct of going to church. You go to church to feed, and people who go to church to feed and to be a blessing to others, they are. The the ones who are actually getting a blessing. They are That's the right. ones who are growing spiritually. Mm-hmm. And if you feel that you're stagnating spiritually and it creates this vicious circle sometimes where you know people will move from church to church to church to try and be fed. Oh, I need to be fed. I need to be fed. I need to be fed. And it creates, you know, more and more and more spiritual need. And the less they uh, you know, they, they actually, you know, stick with the community and build up relationships within that community and start to be a blessing to others, the more desperate they feel for spiritual food, the more they are without spiritual food. And the further they end up from God, that's right. Yeah, and uh, and and then of course you know it's it's just it's just a vicious circle that will you know suck you away from God. Yeah. So try rolling up your sleeves and being a blessing rather yeah, being a than blessing. <coughs> rather than just uh, uh, trying to sap every last piece of energy out of every other Christian who is around you. Yeah, <coughs> that's really energy, wonderful put, advice. Put some energy back in, stay fit and healthy as a Christian. And this, was, this is why the work wasn't given to angels. We, you know, God could have looked at human beings and gone, yeah, you, you know what, human beings are pretty useless. And they're going to stuff it up. Yeah, constantly. Mm-hmm. They've been um, stuffing so, it up since day dot. <laughs> so let's forget humans. Let's give the work to the angels. The angels can preach the gospel message and the work will be done in no time. 
But here we've got an example of where an angel comes. An angel is standing there. An angel is talking. An angel has the opportunity. And the angel refuses to take that opportunity but defers that opportunity to Peter, one of the biggest stuff-ups that there is in the Bible. Um, And, of course, um, this is for Peter. Peter needs to have this experience. But there are more lessons here for Peter as well as we go through our encounter with God that he are, he is uh, needing to About learn. About to learn, yeah, very big lesson. So I think we're up to like, what, verse 8 or something rather, were we? <clears throat> uh, 10 verse 8, yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah okay. Um, so anyway, Cornelius has sent his servants off to get Peter. That's the that's the background. Yeah, so he, he sends them off to, um, to Joppa. So verse 9 actually. The next day as Cornelius... Cornelius's messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up to the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Mm. Why does Peter say that? Well, because... Why did, why, I mean, this is, this is years after the death of Christ. Why did Peter say, like, no, I can't do that. I've never eaten anything unclean. Well, just because Christ died doesn't mean that unclean animals are suddenly clean. Yeah. You know, some people will come to you with the idea that Jesus did away with the health laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not something you're going to find any, anywhere in the Bible. That's why, you know, Jesus made all things clean. Therefore, there is no such thing as health laws anymore. God doesn't want you to be healthy anymore. Just eat what you want. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. If that was actually the case, then why... All these years after the death of Jesus, is Peter like, there's no way in a million years am I going to eat any of those things. They mm. are un- that is unclean food. I've never eaten anything like that in my life before. Why is Peter objecting to it if Jesus did away with the health laws? That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, and God cares for us. Why would he suddenly stop caring in the health department? <laughs> this also makes no sense whatsoever mm-hmm. at all. Why would God want us to be sick and miserable and healthy? Jesus spent more time healing while he was here on earth then he did preaching, and so why would he want us to be sick now? It's it's so funny that this entire story often ends up in the health department <laughs> when it's not nothing about health at all. It's about racism. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 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 then maybe, and and this is the thought that comes across. Maybe Jesus didn't do away with the health laws. Maybe this was done away with. Many years after the cross. Maybe it wasn't the cross that did away with it. Maybe it was something that happens a long time after the cross. And the simple reality is that if things were going to be changed in the new covenant, they had to be changed before Jesus died because Jesus' Jesus' death sealed the new covenant. Mm. And you can't go making changes after it's been sealed by the blood of Jesus. You know, you can't change a covenant after it's sealed. I sometimes feel like people use this this story, this verse, as because they want to eat anything they want, and so they're looking for an excuse. They're looking for something to back up their their desires and their emotions, rather than looking at the Bible what it really says, mm-hmm. and then you know suiting their desires to what the Bible actually says. Hey, Mon. So, yeah. Let's talk about mushrooms. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> mushrooms are not a clean species. <laughs> I can't believe you just pushed the mushroom rant button on air again. <laughs> okay, but I have a reason for it this morning. I actually have a specific reason for it because okay. you know the Bible says, uh, or some people claim, well, you know, everything was made clean, mm-hmm. and so you know we can eat anything. Mm-hmm. So this is the argument that I get hit with on sometimes. And they will say, well, look right here in this passage, in, here in this passage, the Bible says that everything has been made clean. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. Okay. okay. Let's talk about mushrooms. Yeah. Now, 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 yeah. now, now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue against those of you who, I, I, I don't like mushrooms. Mon has an, a specific objection to mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I actually loathe the things, but if you want to eat them, go nuts. Um, <laughs> more fool you. Uh, <laughs> I don't find anything in the Bible against mushrooms. I wish that I did. But there are a whole bunch of mushrooms out there. If you eat them, they will kill you. Absolutely. So... You know, when, and this is a principle of understanding the Bible. When the Bible says too much, it says nothing, so study deeper. That's right. Yeah, you know, because when the Bible says everything is clean, well, then clearly there are a whole bunch of mushrooms that are not clean. You know, they're not suitable for food. Um, when the Bible says that every animal is clean, then clearly there are a bunch of animals, such as like, you know, puffer fish and these kind of things, mm, that will kill you if you eat right. them. Yeah. You know, you've you got to go through this. People, and God doesn't want you to gamble with your life. No, that's right. And there's been a number of celebrities who have died as a result of eating puffer fish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we can, we can uh, gamble with our life and we eat this, you know, this lethally toxic How bored thing. must you be with life that you're willing to take that gamble? It's so and, and if you prepare it right, then you can get away with it. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm going to trust my life to a chef mm. when I didn't even watch what he did. There's no way in a million years. Have you ever looked at a puffer fish? Yeah. They're ugly. They're so ugly. They're seriously, seriously ugly things, in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe there's somebody out there who thinks they're beautiful and pretty and all the rest. But <laughs> I think they're seriously ugly. And it's like, this is did God's message. Did you just message. beauty shame a puffer fish I did. Lyle? I did. <laughs> go on, go on. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> it's, like God is, it's like God is speaking here in the loudest possible terms. This is not food. Mm. Do not eat this. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at a, 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 a lobster. Yeah. yeah. This is an alien. That's it's not even, yeah, yeah, that's not even a creature. This is an alien. That's uh-huh. all it is. This is God saying, do not eat this. This is not food. You know, we don't go around eating aliens. But then then again, Lyle, mushrooms are pretty ugly too, so, you know, everybody shouldn't eat those either. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you look at an apple. Apple is beautiful. Mm. Strawberries, raspberries. These are... These are, these are um, <gasps> mangoes. Mm. Oh, mangoes are in season at the moment. Did you see how good they smell in the supermarket? Yeah, not a patch on raspberries. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's go on with our story here. He sees this He sees this thing and he objects to it. He's like, there's no way I'm going to eat anything unclean. I'm a Christian. Christians don't do that. All right, let's continue. That's pretty reading. conclusive, yeah. It is. It's very conclusive. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, it boggles my mind that people use this vision to teach the opposite. Yeah, and, and here he is, you know, doing the exact opposite. Yeah, you know, you know what, yeah, what you've got here in this story is you've got um, a vision. It is a symbolic vision with a very clear message, and you have two options. You can take the interpretation to the vision that God gives, mm-hmm. or you can make up your own interpretation just because you want to eat something. That God says, it's exactly what it is, isn't Those it? Those are your two options right here. I think that's what it comes down and to. And the only two options that you've got. Okay, so Mon, let's, uh, what verse were we up to? Let's keep reading there. Uh, but the voice spoke again. Oh, no, hang on. Yep, that's, uh, yep, that's yep, it. Yep. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God had made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? 
And just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Okay, so you've seen this vision three times. Yep. Three times he's been told to eat unclean food. Three times he's said, no, I don't do that. There's, there's, I've never done that, never going to do that. Uh, then um, Peter's like told, go with these Gentiles downstairs. All right, mm-hmm, so that's, mm-hmm. that, that's our summary. Keep going. Okay. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you are looking for. Why have you come? They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so he could hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied them by some of the brothers from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up, I am a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside, where many others were assembled. Okay. And he said unto them, You know how that it is unlawful for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come into um, one of another nation or into the house of one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. You know how some people spell the word man in this passage? How? P-I-G. P-I-G. <laughs> <laughs> they do because they like well. their pork. They like pork. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And and rather than reading uh, man, they're like, no, no, no. This is not about human beings. This is about pigs. Yeah, it's it's true. They take it and they twist it. Them like we said, they fit it to their means to their to their ends uh, instead of actually reading it for what it really is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, have we got have we got Darren Pratt going to come in and join us here? He was out there a second ago. Like maybe he'll come in for. Uh, <laughs> Walking for, past um, our studio, giving us a wave. Yep, yep. Oh, I almost thought he'd come and join us for the last section of the Bible study, but anyway, we will get him back again uh, soon. I'm going to go and chase him down because um, be good to have him on air again. Yes. Okay, where are we up to? We were talking about um, people spelling M A N P I G. That, that's uh-huh. right. Because uh-huh. it's like we're desperate to be able to eat our pork. It boggles my mind that they read the vision part and then don't keep reading where it explains what the vision means. The Bible yeah. is really good at explaining itself. We don't need to put in our own things, you know, thoughts and interjections. We just let it speak for itself. It's very clear. It's okay. very clear. Yep. All right, so we were talking about racism um, as we've been going through this week, and that's been the uh, the theme of the Bible studies that we've been looking at. There was a lot to do with this in the book of Acts. Uh, there was a lot of racism that God had to deal with as he was forming the Christian church. The first act of racism, of course, was between Jews. Mm. Depending on what language you spoke, regardless of whether you were a Jew or not, there was racism between the two groups. The second lot, of course, and Jesus is breaking this down one step at a time. Uh, was between the Jews and the Samaritans. So just to summarize the Samaritans, the Samaritans were mixed race. So they're like most Jews today. Most Jews uh, are mixed race. So, you know, I've got, uh, I've got Jewish friends, but, you know, they're not, you know, they're not 100% full-blood Jews. If, mm-hmm. if you trace back through their family history, um, like the rest of us, they're a bit of a hodgepodge, but because, you know, their mother's line goes back through um, Jewish ancestors, then they are classed as Jews. And so... 
um, <coughs> the Samaritans were mixed race um, predecessors to, in many ways to your Palestinians today and so forth. Then you have, um, so, so, so God breaks down the wall of petition between the Jews who speak different languages, then he breaks down the wall of petition between um, Jews who are 100% Jew and who are mixed race Jews.
enjoy eternity together You're listening to Carly Fletcher with Eternity Together here on Faith FM. Let's have another clue for our quiz. Nobody's snapped this one up yet. Well, it's... Come on, guys. Yeah, it's a, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty hard one. You know one. what? Yeah, there's some famous verses in it, though. Okay, this is going to get suddenly very easier. What book am I? My author was a fisherman. <laughs> there are not well, any of those books in the Bible. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, there's, well how many are there? Fisherman uh, books. Um, one. <laughs> well... Two. 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 One and a sequel. <laughs> One author. Give us a call if you know who it is. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's our number. Give us a call. We'll send the prize. Absolutely. Okay, so we were talking about racism. We were talking about Cornelius. We were talking about the experience that Peter was having here and how that now God is breaking down this final war of petition between Jews and Gentiles. And Peter goes in there and he's, you know, he's like, you know how it's not lawful. It's against the law for any of us to go into the home, go underneath the roof of a Gentile. Mm. Uh, so this was a big thing for Peter you know he has invited Gentiles into his home the night before they have slept under his roof now he has travelled with Gentiles all the way to another um, uh, city when he has arrived there he has gone into the home of a Gentile and he is surrounded by just Gentiles all of these this guy his friends and his family Cornelius' friends and family are all there and so when you put this whole thing together, you find that uh, Peter is really, really stepping out big time. This is radical stuff. We, we, would, we would sort of look at it today and go, what is wrong with yeah. you? Yeah, you had a good um, how time. Could this, how, could this, <laughs> yeah, how could this even be an issue? But for Peter, this was, this was a massive issue. You know, this is a massive break from what, he, what has been ingrained into his culture since he was a kid. Mm. And sometimes those cultural issues can be really challenging to deal with. But uh, nonetheless, he does so, and he goes in, and he says, "Look, you know, God has shown me that it is not lawful to to uh, call any man of or any human of any other country common or unclean." And so then he begins to he proceeds to uh, um, you know listen to Cornelius's story and to present the gospel message. They give their lives to God. They are baptized. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. A great revival takes place here and it creates a tremendous scandal. A scandal Mm -hmm. of monumental proportions. Uh, Because this is something that the early church has never faced before. They have never had to deal with this. You know, now they're dealing with Gentiles. It's like, how is it possible that the Gentiles can be filled with the Holy Spirit? How is it that God can, can, you know, condescend to speak to a Gentiles? It's hard for us to understand in today's culture, but this, you have to understand the culture of this time and how messed up it was. This is a culture that is found nowhere in scripture, I should say. I'm really grateful that, uh, that Peter understood the vision because, you know, in this story, we have God using clean and unclean animals as a metaphor. Um, for people, you know, all different cultures, Jews, Gentiles, and that the gospel was for all of them. Can you imagine if Peter, like so many people today who think that M-A-N spells P-I-G, <laughs> if he had mis- misunderstood and then still today we wouldn't, you know, you and I would never have been. No. Yeah, because we're, we're Gentiles. We would still be eating P-I-Gs because... Um, uh-huh. We wouldn't have heard the gospel message. Yeah. Can you imagine the right. difference it would have made in the church? Oh. 
I'm very grateful that Peter knew that Lloyd was just using animals as an example. Okay, so let's go to chapter 11 now. And why don't you start reading for us um, verse 1. Let's start in verse 1. Let's, let's, let's read about the scandal. Mm. Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. Uh-oh. This is going to cause a stir. Uh-uh. But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the you home of Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it's just so crazy. <laughs> it's so racist. I can't even. It's like you ate. You went under their roof. I mean, this is unheard of. And not only that, but you ate food there. You know, and I'm quite sure that they so produced, stupid. you know, they, they, these were very new Christians. And so they would have produced very kosher food for Peter mm-hmm. um, as their guest of honor. Yeah, There's absolutely. There's been many places where I've traveled as a guest speaker. And being a vegetarian, they, they asked me, vegetarian like yeah sure i'm a vegetarian and so they will uh people go out of their way to provide vegetarian food and Mm -hmm. i appreciate i'm sure they did would have done the same for peter but you know this is not good enough you ate food there's almost you can hear them choking on yeah (laughs) on themselves on their own words as they're trying to even get these words out uh verse we're up to verse four then Peter told them exactly what had happened. I was in the town of Joppa, he said, and while I was praying, I went into a trance and saw a vision. Something like a large sheet was let down by its four, col- four corners from the sky, and it came right down to me. When I looked inside the sheet, I saw all sorts of tame and wild animals, reptiles and birds, and I heard a voice say, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. Okay, let's, let's, let's move on. We've already read this yeah, bit. Yeah, he's just recapping. He's just here. recapping here. So let's go down to... Um, verse 12. Verse 12 says, The Holy Spirit told me to go with them and not to worry that they were Gentiles. These six brothers had a, here accompanied me and we soon entered the home of the man who had sent us. He told us how an angel had appeared to him in his home and had told them to send messages to Joppa and to summon me uh, and, to, and that he will uh, travel to our household and be saved. As I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning. Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Let's mm. think about this. Peter was somebody who was very worried about his image. He was. And he was very he was very insecure. Yeah. Uh, Peter was someone who was very, uh, uh, you, you, on, on several occasions you find Peter, you know, trying to, um, you know, give himself a good image, all mm-hmm, of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can imagine here he's done something that is just mind-bogglingly yep. radical uh-huh. and he's called in to explain himself. Yeah. You know, th- I can sort of see, see Peter feeling a bit sheepish here. He's like, well, what do I do? Mm-hmm, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling the story. This is, this is how it happened, guys. It's, w- w- what are you going to do about it? And for once, he owns it. Yes, he, well, he kind of has to, doesn't mm-hmm, he? Mm-hmm. He can't really back down from it. And the fascinating thing is that his defense comes down to these people are converted. Yeah, these people were filled with the Holy Spirit. These people received the gift of the Holy Spirit. God did this. If you have a problem with it, talk to God about it. Because he's the one that's responsible, mm-hmm. which is a good defense, really. He's got a uh, he's got a rock solid defense right here, um, and so he points out the fact that yes, these people have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that it suddenly appears, strangely enough, that God speaks to Gentiles as well. Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> All right, uh, verse seventeen. Verse seventeen says, "Let me find it." 
And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. Okay, so this is this is going to be a major compromise amongst these uh, Christians in the eyes of every other Jewish believer. Mm-hmm. You know, Christianity is seen as, a, as an alternative form of Judaism at this particular time or a branch of the Jewish religion. Uh, it's not seen as being a new and separate religion. Uh, or even it's seen maybe even as being a reformation of the uh, Jewish religion, but um, the Jews themselves now are like, yeah, we've got this different branch of uh, of Judaism happening. It's like, no, this is this is this is this is not wrong. This is this is this is not right. Sorry, this is wrong. This is something that is very much against what we stand for. And so your your division between Jews and Christians is growing, while the union between Christians and Gentiles is, you know, being formed. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to set the world up for some fairly major events. But we're only partway this, through this story. We are going to continue the story of how racism was dealt with in the early Christian church as we continue on uh, with the story again tomorrow. <laughs> food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. 
Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Wallsend, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great! I'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au.
Our next clue for quiz of the day. Quiz of the day, see what I did there? For our breakfast Bible clues, what book am I? I precede the book of First John. I precede <laughs> the book. Come on, that's pretty easy, guys. You're here with Faith FM's breakfast show, and if you know the answer to that quiz clue, give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM. We're going to send you the prize. Okay, Lyle, it is time for question of the day, not quiz. It is. Today, this is, is an interesting question. Yes, question of the day, and it's a it's a great one, and it's come in. I tried. Only to con- just came in this one, so yeah. I tried to convince um, the asker to do to come online and ask it um, on air, but they were too shy, so couldn't call. We, we, only, we only just posted up, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Just brand new up. question. Okay, so here comes a brand new question. Okay, so you know when you pray for something, right? Do you really need to pray for it repetitively? Do you need to ask God over and over again? Like if it's something that we really want or something we really want done, like like didn't God hear me the first time? Okay, I'll throw you a question straight back at you. Mm-hmm. Didn't God already know what you needed before you asked? So why do we even bother asking? So why bother praying? It isn't like what is the point of prayer at all? Isn't pleading with God essentially the same as when they do those chants and those rants and they just go over and over? Yeah, maybe over we should the just thing. put prayer flags out so that you know, right, the, the, right. the flutters and every time it flutters, yeah. it sends off a prayer, and then the, the more prayers that go out, the more benefit that there is, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. These are really good questions. It is. Jesus tells a parable about this in the Bible, and this is found in Luke chapter eighteen and verse one. The Bible says he spoke a. Sp- he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to give up. There you go. Saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither had any regard for man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, though I have no fear of God, and though I have no regard for humans, Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming, she wearies me. Okay, she's, she's pestering and she's like, oh, I'll, just, I'll take care of it to get her off my back. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. So here's an interesting parable. Jesus Jesus tells this parable and he's, and, and he's comparing somebody who is totally godless, totally unjust with God. And the totally unjust judge uh, is prepared to avenge this particular woman because she's persistent. And he's like, but compare that with God who wants to work on your behalf. You know, surely he's going to do so much more on your behalf and work so much more speedily than somebody who is not just. So there's a comparison between the two, but the implication is this, that we ought to continue praying and not to faint. There are a number of reasons why, but before we get to those, should we be putting up prayer flags or simply saying the, over, it's the same prayer over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, you know, going through our prayer beads, whatever it might be, which is the same thing as prayer flags, just saying the, the same thing just all the time. The Bible calls that vain repetition and the Bible calls that the kind of prayer that God will not hear and will not listen to because, you know, God, God wants to have a relationship with us. But at the same time, he wants us to ask in the first place. And he wants us to keep asking, and he wants us to ask our friends to ask on our behalf. Why is this so? 
You need to remember that we live in a world where there is a great controversy happening between Christ and Satan. Satan claims ownership of this world. And because he claims ownership of this world, he claims to be able to control everything that takes place. And he claims that based on the fact that, you know, this world has chosen him. God has allowed sin to continue so that the universe can see what his plan is like and make a decision to serve God. So then God looks down, God comes down, God sees his servants down here, somebody who who follows him. God comes down and he does things to make life better for them. And Satan's like, no, 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 you have no permission to be here. You've got no right to be here in this world whatsoever at all because uh, this is, how is the world going to see whether my plan is better than yours unless you give me the space? However, if somebody is praying, when God comes down and God decides to do something to intervene in somebody's life, then when Satan comes along, you've got no right to be here, you are, you are meddling. God's like, actually, no, I do have a right to be here because this person is a follower of me and I am here by invitation. I am not forcing my way in. I'm here by invitation. And, of course, the more people that pray the more invitation he has, the more reason that he has to be able to be here and to do the work that he wants to do. Our prayers give God the opportunity to do the work that he wants to do. So don't stop praying. Keep praying, but don't just follow vain repetitions. Yeah, this reminds me of something, Lyle. I um I have an ex-boyfriend in my past who sadly was not a believer. And he told me that one of the things that annoyed him about God was how we had to keep asking him and thanking him for stuff. He's like, you know, oh, we keep having to thank him and keep having to thank him. And it's just so annoying. Like, can't I just thank him once or pray once and just be over and done with it? And I thought that's so stupid because imagine if like yeah. you, you give me a birthday present, right? And I'm like, look, Lyle, we've known each other for 10 years. I thanked you for the first birthday present you gave me 10 years ago i can stop thanking you now right yeah it's, it's ridiculous it every is. day we get new things uh-huh. from god we have new requests of god even if they're for the same thing you know a child will ask its mum for dinner every single day it's not gonna be like look i asked you once when i was five mum. i'm now 12 i don't need to ask you for dinner anymore like we have to keep asking right yeah absolutely it's uh exactly yeah all right thank you so much for ask, uh, answering that question lyle if you have a question, you can call us here. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text your questions 0491-064-669. We love answering questions. Uh, we, any kind of question that you have about the Bible or about life in general, right? Yeah, give us a call here and ask away and we will use it for question of the day. Stay tuned. This is Abby Easton.
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM's Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. And our show has wrapped for the day. And of course, the last thing that we love to do on this show is give you something for free. You don't even have to don't even have to answer a quiz question for this one. Just be the first person to call us right now on 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843 and you will get a very powerful book. It's called The Healing Power of Forgiveness. It's by Sharon Platt MacDonald, a wonderful lady that I met over in the UK when I used to work over there. On the back of the book, it says, most of us at some point in our lives have had an issue with forgiveness. If you've been wounded by the hurts of others, um, been afflicted upon uh, by others or struggled with the regret of causing pain to someone else, then this book is for you. The author, Sharon Platt MacDonald, believes that forgiveness can be the prescription that you need to experience resolution, restoration and hearing, which will enable you to release the pain of the past, free you from the stress of the present and embrace a future filled with hope. Of course, we all want a future filled with hope. And we heard the wonderful story, um, wonderful session uh, in our interview session this morning with um, Dr. Stojicht about forgiveness. This book, oh, it's so amazing. It has several people's stories in it, um, including uh, people from the Rwandan genocide and, uh, and people who have survived uh, uh, all kinds of atrocities. It even has a couple of stories from, from inflictors. So it has a story about a guy who was a former Ku Klux Klan member. And, um, you know, forgiveness of self is also very important as well. This book is going to change your life and you should definitely get a copy of it. The Healing Power of Forgiveness by Sharon Plack MacDonald. Give us a call now. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064669. Get a copy of this. Change your life. Get some ex- um, forgiveness into your life. Okay, that was all. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. Lyle and I will be taking you through some interesting good news for tomorrow and some current affairs. Stay tuned for the rest of the day.